0: Welcome to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We hope the following program will challenge you and encourage you in your faith journey.
1: Jesus Christ said to me, Virginia, I am the truth. You have been looking in the wrong places. And Christ came alive to me. I realized He's the truth. I accepted Him that day as my Lord and Savior.
0: Virginia Prodan was a human rights attorney behind the Iron Curtain in Romania when she discovered the truth she'd been searching for, Jesus Christ. You're going to hear her incredible, inspiring story on today's episode of Focus on
2: the Family with Jim Daly and I'm John Fuller. John, I had a very enjoyable conversation with Virginia. Uh, She is fearless when it comes to sharing her faith, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk with her. She's such a uh, wonderful example of how to be bold. She was kidnapped, interrogated, and beaten uh, when she was in Romania under Ceausescu, the uh, dictator at the time. And I know Every one of us is going to be inspired and encouraged by her amazing story. I can't wait to get to it. And you're going to want to read the entire story
0: of Virginia's life and uh, her incredible account. Uh, the book is called Saving My Assassin. And we have details for that at focusonthefamily.com broadcast or give us a call. And Virginia is now in the U.S. working as an allied attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom. She's a writer, a speaker, and a podcaster, and she has three adult children. And here's the conversation Jim had with Virginia
2: Pradhan on Focus on the Family. Virginia, it's great to have you here on Focus on the Family.
1: Jim, thank you so very much for the opportunity to be here and share with others a wonderful story that God wrote in my life and the fact that God wants to write their own story if they will allow God to write his story in their life, and their life will be changed forever.
2: Virginia, I'm really excited to talk to you because you've seen so much in your lifetime. It's it's. Both a wonderful experience, but also a difficult one. And I think for the listeners, that's where we're going to have to kind of start, is going back to you growing up in Romania, behind what was then known as the Iron Curtain. And uh, man, it hasn't been an easy life, but it's been a spirit-filled, Lord-directed life. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Most of us won't be able to relate to some of your experiences, Uh, But describe your environment as a little girl growing up in Romania.
1: The earliest thing that I remember as a six years old child was the fact that my parents were politically correct outside of the home. But I heard them also inside of our home whispering how horrible the government was and how the government will ask them to give more rights. As a young kid, I develop an insecurity watching my parents. I realize I don't belong to anyone. Nobody's gonna protect me. But also I notice a fire building in my life. A fire of and a desire to find out the truth and to find out why adults around me know the truth, but they don't wanna speak for the truth and I was privileged to have in my family a uh, lots of lawyers and when we That's not
2: normally said about lawyers. that it was <laughs> yes, a privilege. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it it's right. true though.
1: Yes, because when we had family reunions, I noticed as a young kid that our relatives would group around them mm. and ask questions and to me it looks like they have answers. And all of a sudden I put the dots together and I thought they know the answer but they don't want to speak. So I have to go to law school in order to know the truth, and somehow I will speak up for the truth.
2: Um, For you personally, in terms of your ability to worship or to read the Bible, how was it restricted um, as you became more of a follower of Christ? I mean, how did they— how did they begin to notice, are you reading the Bible, and, and how was that received by your government?
1: The way the socialist government works is uh, is on lies and presented half of the truths that will benefit them. At that time, many people did not know that uh, we receive from United States of America the most favored nation status. Uh, that was coupled, uh, the most favored national statute gave Romania lots of economical benefits, but also was coupled with respecting human and religious rights, mm-hmm. the right of foreigners to come to Romania and share the gospel and give us the, the Bible, because the Bible was not published in Romania. So we had the right to have the bible but the government never published those law and many times when they found out a bible in our home or people transporting the bible they would arrest people so that's when the Lord asked me to – I became a Christian, and um, I started to defend Christians. That's what, what I did, yeah. and that's the way the government works. But the,
2: oh. the issue there, I mean, you're highly restricted. you got to be watching all the time. If you're reading the Bible or saying a prayer, if you're saying <laughs> that around other people, then you got to really know the people around you that you're not going to be turned in, right?
1: Yes, exactly. And even in our church, we – do. Did not know if we were by a brother in Christ or a spy. Right. But let me tell you something. I always said, okay, my life is in God's hands. If a spy is by me, God knows is there so he can hear the gospel. So (laughs) somehow the Holy Spirit trains you and gives you the courage that you need. And you also understand that there is a responsibility. You are there for God's purpose. And God is is whispering through the Holy Spirit what you need to do. The last thing that I want your audience to think about me is to think that I'm a hero. No. I am a tool in God's hands. I'm under five feet tall. <laughs> I, there is a huge God inside of me. No, don't don't worry about my size because God is huge inside of me. In Romania, I was eighty-two pounds. Well, I live in America. I can't be eighty-two now. And I was a woman in socialism. A woman is nobody. Not nothing. Huh. Ye- oh. think of
2: all those contradictions that you're think talking about, about here
1: think about right now in america and the sport what the sport yeah. is doing. If you don't believe me, think twice.
2: Well, we're. I want to uh, do all the application to America after we really understand your story. Okay, and that okay. I think we can roll that into everything. there's so many applications uh, here mm-hmm. in the U.S. And in the book, you talked about the child, your childhood being rough with your parents, and mm-hmm. eventually they I mean, were
1: they, not. They were not even my parents. They weren't it?
2: your parents, and that's where Aunt Cassandra comes in. Describe that story.
1: Um. It's a painful story because for years I didn't know who I was. I was told at the place where I live until I was maybe 17 and a half and I, I went to law school, I was told that I don't belong, that I was there to be a servant.
2: They treated you differently. Yes. Th- yeah. and, and I you was, thought they were your mom and dad, though, correct? Yes, yeah. but,
1: but they were telling me uh, that if someone will come to look for a child, I will be Um, offered for adoption I was never taken with them at vacation or other places they had
2: two other children yes and they treated them differently exactly
1: exactly but somehow it was painful to me and I wanted to know who I was, uh, and I had the opportunity to be with what they call my aunt, uh, Cassandra, but the minute that I met her in Bucharest at um, train station, I was shocked. She had uh, red hair like me, she had freckles, and she <laughs> was my size, but she never told me that mm. she was my
2: mother. She was your real mother. She
1: was my real mother. We went to take a picture, and even the the professional photographer said, Wow, you look alike, mother and daughter. I wanted so much her to say to me, I am your mother. That had but, to be a
2: great feeling, though, yes, even though yes, it hurt to say yes, I've lived 17 yes, and a half years yes, without yeah. you. And the people you were living with, that was your aunt. That was yes, your mother's sister. Exactly. It was an understanding
1: in. between. In them yeah. and i believe my real mother was paying them to keep me and also to keep quiet right but they um, uh, taught me a great lesson even though for years I thought I'm not I'm not a child I'm a problem to these people uh. and it was a harmful feeling so I made a deal with myself that no matter the mistakes that I will made in my life with my kids I will humble myself I will go to my kids and say I'm sorry, I made a mistake, would you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Because it's more important to keep a relationship, to show your kids that you are not perfect, that only God helps you, so you help them too.
2: Yeah, and you felt that pain because yes. you and your your biological mother didn't have that kind of situation. Yes. I mean, she yeah. sent you off to be with her sister. Did you have a sense of abandonment that she had left you in this horrible situation with your aunt I- and uncle?
1: I left Romania, and I did not know the answer. Ah. I came to America, and years later, when I went back to Romania, one of the relatives, because both of them died, one of the relatives had the courage to tell me the truth. And that's how I found the truth. Ah. I'm a Christian, and God asked me to forgive because when you don't forgive, you just are tied to that resentment. You are tied to that that uh, anger, and also you are saying to your Lord, "Where were you?" You, you start to accuse God. Where were you? Why did you do that and everything? Yeah. And God wants you to forgive in order to see the plan that He had for you. Mm. There are so many lessons and positive things that God can use out of our pain and that's mm. th- that's our god
2: no and it's so beautiful and you finished law school and you were living with your mom i guess through that mm-hmm. experience you then get married you have your own two yes. children mm-hmm. describe that transition now you're married yourself and you're having two children. What's that like?
1: It was, first of all, I experienced for the first time how hard it is to wait for the Lord. When I realized that I was pregnant, I wanted to see my child. I had to wait in nine months, okay? <laughs> so it was a beautiful uh, experience that I am holding my own child, and I'm responsive, I'm responsive for the life of, and I'm a Christian. and. I, remember the minute that I noticed I started to pray for for my child. When the child was born, underneath their crib, I put Christian music. Um, When my um, oldest daughter was old enough, you know, to keep a book or something, I had to study for bar exam. So in order for her to to be quiet, I gave her the books and she was able to see me, you know, doing reading the books. I, uh, later on, I trained my kids to memorize Bible verses and to be trained in, in God's word, yeah. because it was my responsibility to do this. I remember um, one of my child in Romania at that time, our hero was Nadia Comaneci. And everybody, every the child- The Olympic star. Yes, everybody yeah. wants to be Nadia Comaneci. And my girls were doing outside all kind of things like her, and one of my daughter broke uh, her arm. So we we called the the hospital, We didn't know if we need to go or not, but the nurse came inside, and I had Bible verses everywhere.
2: These are the secret police?
1: That's a secret police, exactly, people that will report. And she looked at that like, what in the world is going here? I was aware that the government can take my kids away, but you have always a choice. God said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. You go God's way and to support the consequences, or you go the government way, and you go every single day deeper and deeper Mm -hmm. and farther and farther away from the Lord. So, she looks at those Bible verses, and I'm trying to share the gospel with her, and she thinks, you are crazy, I can report you, and so forth, you know. So, um it was a great feeling, but also a great responsibility, oh, yeah. uh, you know, to train my kids in God's word, and I did.
0: This is Focus on the Family, and we're listening to Virginia Prodan share her story of her early life in communist Romania. And the story is fully captured in her book, Saving My Assassin. You can get that from us. Check it out at focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
2: Alyssa suffered through 11 years of her husband's addiction, and she feared the worst.
0: After we had called Focus on the Family, that was really the journey where we started to see God moving and working. I know that Focus on the Family was just an answered prayer,
2: I'm Jim Daly. This season, help us give families hope. And when you give today, your donation will be doubled. Donate at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash family.
0: Feel that nip in the air? It's time to put on fuzzy socks, drink some hot cocoa, and decorate your home with a new season of Focus on the Family's Christmas Stories podcast. This year, we'll talk about the Nativity story in the Gospel of Luke. Join us as we
1: chat about how Christ's birth inspires us, how we celebrate the season, and ways we find that childlike wonder again. Listen to the Christmas Stories podcast on your favorite podcast app.
0: Thanks for listening to Focus on the
2: Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Virginia, let's talk about that moment when you actually became a Christian. Uh, Someone came to you. Describe that moment. Who came to you? What did he say?
1: I remember um, from a younger age, I wanted to be a lawyer. Every single day, I would go to work thinking and saying, "Today I'm going to find the, the truth." I read in the law books. I passed the test. Now I have to actually put in practice. So I practice and practice and practice, and one day I'm coming to my law office so discouraged. And I put my briefcase on my secretary desk and I look at her and said, I don't want to be a lawyer anymore. I can't find the truth. And it was so painful to Mm. me because from the age I was six, I dream about this. And I'm not a quitter. So she looked at me like, where have you been? what are you dreaming about and she gave me three files and she said there are three clients that will come and see you and one it's in your office i noticed the client that was in my office i had been working with him for a year and i am face to face with joy and peace and i heard myself saying i wish i had in my life what you have in your life and he looked back to me and said, do you go to church? And I stared at him, thinking, I knew you are crazy. I don't know why I ask you this question. But he was writing something in, on a piece of paper and gave it to me and said, this is an, the address of our church. Would you come to our church next Sunday? So I went to, to his church. He was there. We walk inside, and as I walk inside, I remember the the church was totally different than Orthodox church that I used to go, you know, at Easter and Christmas. And the pastor came, opened the Bible, and read, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And in that big church, imagine somebody saying, what? That was me. Because finally, somebody said, Jesus Christ said to me, Virginia, I am the truth. You have been looking in the wrong places. And I got glued to the pastor. And Christ came alive to me. I realized he's the truth. I accepted him that day as my Lord and Savior. And not only that, I accepted the fact that he put on my heart to find the truth, that he guided me all my life mm. and he guided me to him and surely enough he guided me and explained to me that he had a mission that to defend christian and human rights cases and i didn't have to look for clients because they will come to me and that was so powerful in my life i learned later on not in that moment because when i knew and I learned that that was a mission that God gave me. God taught me how he is the one who will sustain that mission in me. And when you show others your love for Christ, you have no idea how many lives you will reach and touch.
2: Powerful. Let's move now into kind of the, the deeper part of your story where you're – Now a lawyer, you're a human rights lawyer in Romania against a government that recognizes no human rights.
1: Yes. I tell you
2: what to do and you do it or you go to prison or you go Mm -hmm. to a psychiatric hospital or you're killed, Uh whatever it might be. Describe that kind of environment, trying to work as an attorney to defend others who are expressing their religious beliefs. I think you had three, four, probably more than that, cases that you won Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that became very – concerning to the government there. Yes. Describe all of that.
1: Uh, First of all, I want to say that I never thought in my uh, wildest dream, I'm going to take dictators to court and so forth. Is that what the Lord had in mind? That was his mission, that what he has done in in my life. So when I accepted Christ, first of all- How old
2: were you when that happened?
1: uh, I was maybe- 2627. Okay yeah. Um, when I was baptized, my name was not on the list. Uh, because my church was very clever because the government controlled that. So they wanted to baptize me before the government knew. So I was the last one. After that, as I was, I accepted Christ and baptized, I realized that the Lord wants me to defend Christians. And I didn't have to look for cases. They will come to, to me and they will. Uh, I will um, defend them, like uh, young people that will take Bibles from one church to another for vacation Bible school, and they will be arrested, or churches that will ask for government to allow them to uh, maintain the church or extend and the government will put them on the waiting list until the church will be disrepair in disrepair and the government will come and uh, take the church uh, demolish the church and take the land or doctors that will uh, give a prescription to to their clients but also a bible verse and they will be in uh, danger the government will say I take the your license away what the Lord did, and people can read in the book in details, is God helped me to find out the laws that were in the book from the capitalist era, but the government, the socialist government, never took them away.
2: So the laws were still in place.
1: Yes, but they keep them under lock mm-hmm. for nobody to find them. But as I pray as a young person and I pray, I said, Lord, help me to find the law because you cannot sue someone and not say, I'm suing in the base of and of this. You, you sue the dictator on what? So I pray and I went to the library and I, I search and I search. The Holy Spirit guided me and I found the laws on the table because someone forgot to lock them.
2: Oh, my goodness. And I
1: heard the Lord saying, take pictures of those laws, and I did. I Uh. I took copies, not pictures, copies. I took them to the copy machine, and I took copies. Unknown to me, when I went in the courtroom and I said to the government, you have to release my clients today because we have the law protecting them, the um. Judge, look at me like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Well, I went to my briefcase, and I gave him the copy, and I gave the prosecutor the copy. They turned red. They turned red, and they said, we need to look at those laws, and we'll take a few hours, and we'll make a decision. Well... I went home after this, and I listened to Voice of America, because that was the only radio Voice of America and Free Europe that were able to know what's going on in in the world. And as I listened to Voice of America, to the news, I realized I became the news. (laughs) Voice of America was saying a young girl... Under, you know, 28 years old, five feet tall, 82 pounds, is taking government to court and showing them the laws. Later on, I found out that as I was in the courtroom facing the judge behind me, the representative from United States from all over the world were there taking notes. Because they have never seen a young person taking the government to court. And they were sending those notes and information to uh, to their government. And I was happy on one hand because the world knew. But on the other hand, I knew that I have guards outside ready to come in a minute and kill me on the pretext that I'm a spy for America. Yeah, But that's the, the way God... Uh, Help me.
2: Well, and what you say so often is, you have to choose. If you're going to walk with God, then you trust in Him all the way, Uh and you don't become deceptive yourself.
1: Yes. In order
2: to save your own self.
1: Yeah, you cannot. This is a
2: powerful point. Yes. Because I think that so many people miss that, especially people who are fearful. Um, You know what? You lay it all out there. You go. And you stand firmly for the Lord and and then take the consequences.
1: Exactly. And you know what? In doing this, you exercise your faith muscles. You exercise those every day.
0: What an amazing testimony from Virginia Prodan, and there's more to the story that you'll hear next time on Focus on the Family.
2: She really loves the Lord, doesn't she? She does. It's obvious, yes. And I love her passion and determination. Growing up in some tough circumstances, Mm. it shows you how to overcome a difficult environment if you trust the Lord. It doesn't get any more difficult than that. Uh, being in a dictatorship under communism, being threatened with your life, etc. cetera. And next time, we'll hear about uh, her biggest challenge yet, when she faced her would-be assassin. So be sure to listen tomorrow to find out how God worked in that frightening situation. Also, get her book from Focus on the Family. It's called Saving My Assassin, and please support the work of Focus to give families hope this holiday season. We're seeing hundreds of thousands of lives changed through the truth and hope of God's Word. Marriages saved, babies rescued from abortion, and parents equipped to raise children in the Lord. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Virginia's great book. And when you donate today, your gift will be doubled by some dear friends of Focus on the Family to deliver twice the ministry impact. Donate
0: today and get that book when you call 800, the letter A in the word family, 800-232-6459, or stop by focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast. Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we once again help you and your family thrive in Christ. You're listening to Focus on the Family's weekend broadcast. We'll take a quick break and then return with the second half of this program for your family. Stay tuned. Celebrate a lifelong love this holiday season with a special edition print created just for you by award-winning artist Morgan Weisling. A Lasting Love honors the enduring love and generational impact of marriage, which captures a sweet moment between a couple leaving church set in the Pioneer West. See it and get your copy of A Lasting Love at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash print. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash print.
1: And I heard the Lord whispering to me, do not be terrified by them. Mm -hmm. It was like a cold water that came on me, reminding me God is here. I'm in his hands. Don't worry. Don't look at the situation. I even said to them, I don't like what you're doing, but God loves you and I choose to love you.
0: That's Virginia Prodan sharing about her persecution years ago at the hands of the Romanian government. Uh, What a woman of faith. And you're going to hear more of her remarkable story today on Focus on the Family, working as a human rights attorney behind the Iron Curtain and all of the miracles God has done in her life. Your host is Focus President and author
2: Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, last time we enjoyed the first part of Virginia's testimony about being interrogated and beaten for defending Christians in court during the rule of former communist dictator Ceausescu. Virginia came to Christ in her 20s. She was raised in Romania by her aunt. She had a very difficult childhood and didn't know who her mother was until much later in life. Uh, To hear that extended conversation with Virginia, listen to my podcast, Refocus with Jim Daly. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll also provide a link on our webpage.
0: Right, and uh, Virginia is an allied attorney for Alliance Defending Freedom. She's a writer, speaker, and podcaster, and lives in Dallas, Texas. She has three adult children, and her story is captured in a really remarkable book called Saving My Assassin. You can find details about the book and our guest at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash broadcast. And as we get back into the conversation, Jim asked Virginia about the most profound story in her book about an assassin sent by the Romanian government to kill her. And we'll pick it up right there on today's episode of Focus on the Family
1: the Lord gave me an assignment, and I want to say it. The more you obey God, God will elevate you to more risky um, assignment. This was an assignment when I received it. I created a pocket in my suit, uh, but I said to the Lord, Lord, if they find out, as they interrogate me every single day, and they search me, they will be able to kill me right away. But I said, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And I did that. The next day, I went uh, outside. They took me to the interrogation room, and they beat me like never before. But you know what? They forgot to search me. (laughs) And that day, I was able to give those documents to the American Embassy, and by the end of the day, those documents were on the desk of President Reagan, who said I proved to them that the dictator lied even at that point. And President Reagan said, I'm going to take the most favored national status from you. So the dictator created the perfect plan. He sent a new client, an assassin, to kill me. So he, because they had microphones everywhere, they knew about my whereabouts, what I was talking with my assistant. So he came exactly in time for my assistant to introduce him to my office, and she said, I'm going to pick up my kids. The minute that he heard my assistant locking the door, he pulled his jacket, took his uh, gun, and pointed to my face and said, I'm not here as your client. I'm here to kill you. And he was so joyful. It struck me to the core. But he explained to me, by doing this, he said, "I will be number one in President Ceausescu's rank," and he was so happy. I was shaking. Uh, he was six ten feet tall with a gun at my face. I was under five feet tall, eighty-two pounds. I was shaking. I assumed that my face was red. I heard my my heart in my ears. I was looking at my picture saying my girls will live without a mother. And in all this noise, I heard the Lord saying, share the gospel. And I was thinking that's my last chance before I leave this earth to share the gospel Mm -hmm. with this soul. And I started to share the gospel. And I remember telling him, I know you have a job, but I would love to share something with you. And to my surprise, he said yes, and I started to share the gospel with him. Uh, I, he put the gun down. He noted several times. His uh, shoulders relaxed. I have to tell you that I recited the Bible, not saying the gospel i recited the gospel hmm. to him and i watch him melting in under god's word and as i watch him i'm thinking when i am done he's gonna kill me and that stopped my thoughts of thinking so i started to say two sentences on my own And boy, he came back to, I'm here to kill you and so forth. I was so scared. I pray like never before. And the good Lord reminded me the gospel. And I shared the gospel and he accepted Christ right there in front of me. When he left, I don't know how long I stayed there, but I was thinking, it happened. Really, in front of me, he is my brother in Christ. And the story doesn't end there.
2: You know that. Yeah, yeah. tell it, tell it, because people may have to cut out. But tell me what happened.
1: So years after that, six months or a year after that, President Reagan picked up the phone and said, because he heard about what happened, uh, and was afraid that uh, the dictator will kill me, he said, I will make a deal with you. I will give you the most favored national status for one more year if you allowed Virginia and her family to leave today. The dictator said, deal in a month. You will find out in the book that he created another plan to kill me. But I want to say this. I didn't know President Reagan. When you are a child of God and you obey God, he will put the most powerful person in the world to protect your life. That's mm-hmm. what God did. I came to the United States. I didn't know a word in English, no money, no friends, no nothing. So I learned English. I went back to law school, and I graduated. I opened my law firm, and I practiced. And in a few years in my practice, a man comes to my office. He Presented his case, and he it was a good case, and I'm thinking, boom, oh, I will take his case. It's a good case. When he finished, he was very frustrated and said, "Virginia, don't you recognize me?" <laughs> and he showed me his uh, Securitate ID. I thought that I relived again that moment in Romania. It was it so shook real. You. Yes, yeah. it shook me to the core. That. I am in front of my assassin one more time and my by myself again and he started to say what the lord is doing in his life I'll share one one secret he's a pastor now Yeah
2: he became a pastor Yes
1: and I shared what the uh, lord is doing in my life that I'm writing the book and he said let me write a chapter in your book and he wrote a chapter in my book. In my wildest dream, when I started writing my book, I never thought that one day my assassin would write a, a chapter in my book.
2: That is crazy.
1: That's the way God works. <laughs> That's, the, That's way God the, works. the way. And it's so important to read. Also, his uh, um, chapter, because yeah. he explains how, as a young person, he was attracted by the lies of socialists. Free, 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 free stuff. And he got into socialists. He got into the, the party. And in order to to go up on, on the error, he, he started to kill people, to put wrong um, documents at their place in order to arrest them or even to kill them. That how socialists created a monster out of him, but he also explained how God redeemed him and what he is doing now. Mm. It's a great, great lesson of how powerful our God is and how to treat people as God's creation, not our enemies.
2: It's such a powerful story, and it does sum it all up. I mean, when you stay true to the Lord... Again, it's not always going to work out perfectly. It may not always work out positively, but you'll be faithful to the Lord, and so those consequences are what the Lord intended.
1: Yes, exactly. it's what is true. Exactly, back to
2: who you are and what yes. you're about. Yeah. At the same time, to have your assassin to be able to lead that person to the Lord. A lot of Christians. And let me just speak to the Christian community because a lot of Christians would struggle with that because in that moment. You're operating out of your flesh so often. Yes. Uh How am I going to save my own skin? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Uh what am I going to do here? What do I need to sign? What do I got to do?
1: Exactly. And you
2: buckle. You – unfortunately you give in mm-hmm. and in this case you you did perhaps the boldest thing that you could do can i share the gospel with you and the man was receptive yes i mean that's yes. amazing you have no idea that's two lives profoundly changed exactly. yours it's, and his yes
1: god saved both of us that day he saved me from this man to pull the trigger and he saved him from the evil empire to back to Christ yeah. who created him yes
0: what a courageous story you're hearing from Virginia Prodan on Focus on the Family in a recent conversation Jim Daly had with her and be sure to get her inspiring book Saving My Assassin uh, we've got that here at Focus on the Family and when you get it from us you further our ministry and help us present programs like this so please stop by focusonthefamily.com broadcast to get the book This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
2: Your marriage can be redeemed, even if the fights seem constant, even if there's been an affair, even if you haven't felt close in years. No matter how deep the wounds are, you can take a step toward healing them with a Hope Restored Marriage Intensive. Our biblically-based counseling will help you find the root of your problems and face challenges together. We'll talk with you, pray with you, and help you find out which program will work best. Call us at 1-866-875-2915.
0: Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's
2: programming. Virginia, let me also ask you, you mentioned it, but you, I mean, you ended up being interrogated frequently and you were beaten and more than one time. Yes. So, Uh I mean, that was just part of your routine and you never gave up. Yes. Why not? Uh Why didn't you say, okay, enough is enough. I don't want to suffer this physical pain anymore. I don't want to be interrogated. I don't want to be mistreated. Therefore, I'll go along with the society's lies.
1: You know, I, you remember that I, I said you need to know who you are and you need to know who your God is. Oh, I remember. And when you know all this, you know for sure the mission that God gave you. Mm-hmm. And I will say when you know the mission, you are so rooted in, in God's, God's principle and you, you're, he transforms you. God is not in a business of uh, working on your brain. He transforms you from who you are into a new creation. And he transformed me gradually in all this situation. And he built in me. When I was under interrogation and they would beat my head at the table or my uh, back to the wall and I was not able to breathe, I, I look at those people as... First of all, I felt like God was there holding me. I uh, look at them as God's creation. I knew that I was there to show them Christ. And I want to share a story. Uh, When they were beating me so hard, I was full of blood. And I believed that I was at the end of my rope. And... I don't know they asked me to sign that I was crazy, that everything, all the lawsuits that I did, they were just lies and everything because they want to redeem themselves and the dictator right. in front of. And I kept saying, no, no, no. And I believe I was at the end of my robe and I heard the Lord whispering to me. Do not be terrified by them. Mm-hmm. It was like a cold water that came on me, reminding me, God is here. I'm in his hands. Don't worry. Don't look at the situation. And I started to share what, what the God uh, asked me to share. And I even said to them, I don't like what you're doing, but God loves you. And I choose to love you. They were turning their heads because they were crying. They didn't know what to do with them. Can't him. manage it. All, only in heaven I will find out who, which one of them accepted Christ, which one of them went to my church maybe later on.
2: Well, like your assassin. <laughs> yes, yes. Who became a pastor. Virginia, in that context, let me ask you this. One of the things that, that I've expressed from time to time is that if we attempt as Christians to use the tools... Of warfare that the world uses, mm-hmm. um, you know, to go back at them, to retaliate, to be angry, to mm-hmm. try to fight back with, again, the tools of the world, the tools of our enemy, mm-hmm. Satan, mm-hmm. we're not going to succeed. No. Because, A, we're not good at using those tools as Christians. But when we use God's tools, meaning the fruit of his spirit, joy, love, peace, goodness, kindness, mercy, long suffering, mm-hmm these are the characteristics of god when we use those tools in the most extreme circumstances like you did yes even the most hard-hearted person struggles exactly i believe because of the imprint of god on their heart exactly they they have to turn their face, yeah, because they cannot believe how you're reacting.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's you're convicting. So right. Exactly. Let me share you a story that happened here in America. My girls were at public school. They were in the beginning of the school where they didn't know English very much and so forth. So somebody helped them um, work on the you know school locker and everything. To do the combination, I, yeah, and, the combination and, all that, yeah. and everything. I I believe that that person was a very good person, but maybe there was another one somewhere watching the combination. So one day my, my girls came home and said, mom, um, our mm-hmm. lunch, it's gone and uh, you have to come to school and you have to talk with the principal. These people have money and I don't understand why they are doing this. They were all about revenge. You, you have to make it right. You have to make mm. it right. Uh, and I look at them and I said, um, I pray. And I was thinking, this is a teachable moment. So I said, uh, I pray, Lord, help me. And the Lord put on my heart this. I said, okay, I agree with you that I will go to school. But listen, when I will go to school, I will make... Lunch for you and lunch for the person who is stealing your lunch for three days. And after three days, if that person continues, then I will come to school. But during those three days, I will prepare lunch and I will also ask you and myself to pray for that person. After three days, nothing happened. I mean, after three days, there was no... It was done. No, no. It was over. It was absolutely an amazing because they were astonished by the way they responded.
2: It sounds like a, something Joseph would have said yes. to
1: do, right? <laughs> yeah, uh. but God is giving us in our pain, in our injustice performed by others to us mm. an opportunity to uh, to respond in a Christian way and that's what i'm i'm meant by it's a privilege to yeah. suffer for christ if you lose your lunch or you lose your life or you you are beaten you know and you are full of blood stand firm
2: stand lovingly yes. yeah. that's what i hear you saying virginia right at the end here let me just ask you to give us in a nutshell kind of the wrap up statement when you look at your life at romania what you suffered under uh, Ceausescu, what <laughs> happened uh, to your family, then coming to the U.S., going to SMU, doing your law degree all over, sitting for the bar in the U.S., becoming an attorney here, which by the way, that's a very impressive thing to do in a second language, so well done.
1: I First of all, I will say God built my life in such a way that he wants you to see that it's an example for you. I didn't do anything. God has done it in my life. Like I said, I'm a tool in God's hands. I came here, no empty hands, no money. I raised three kids. Uh, I went to law school. My, uh, my daughter, first daughter graduated from SMU like me, my son, my uh, second daughter from Harvard Law School, my son from United States Air Force Academy. They all served the Lord. We receive freedom from others that sacrifice for us. It's our time to sacrifice for freedom and keep the freedom that comes from God, not from anyone else. Also, I want to say, be patient with yourself. You never experience socialists. You never experience persecution. You need to be trained. Don't expect that you do it and you will do it perfectly. You will have one step uh, ahead, two step back. Just get up, hold Gun's hands, and be courageous. Be strong and courageous. What He is doing, asking you, watch for Him. This is a way. Walk in it. Be a helper for others. See what others are doing and your life will multiply, you know, and your courage Through others, because when people see others courageous, they will be influenced to be courageous. This is our time, and if you don't remember anything at all, remember Ceausescu believed, a dictator, believed that he had my life in his hands. He had everything in his power, an organization, dictatorship and everything, army and everything. And he died 30-something years ago, and I'm still going around the world telling the story of what God has done in my life and what God is able to do it. And God brought me here to tell you, and I wrote the book, and I, I have to say it, you, when you read the book, you will understand what I want you to read the book because I relive my life in order for you to understand what socialist is and how socialists will change our country. But also, I did it with joy so you can understand how powerful God is, that we do not have Any reason to fear anything at all, but to fear God and let him work in us and through us because he is able and he wants, he wants to do those things and your life will be changed forever. I want to say one thing, your wildest dream about your life is rubbish rubbish, Compare with the dreams that God has for your life. You were mentioned a few minutes ago that I went to law school in Romania and went to law school in America. Do you think that when I came to Dallas, uh, Texas at the airport, I thought, uh-huh, I'm going to go to law school here? No, that's the way God builds. And when I go to college and university or any other places, now I tell people This is the way I work as a lawyer in socialist. And this is how I work now as a lawyer in capitalist. This is how you find uh, food in socialist. This is so God created everything. I'm not polite when I'm saying he has done it. That's the way it is. And he wants so much. He loves you so much. You, you can never imagine how much he loves you. But I want you from the bottom of my heart. I am telling you, stay strong. You, your life will be so much better. Yes, you, maybe you lose your job. Maybe you lose your friends. You might lose even your family. I lost my family when I became a Christian they said you cannot come to our home, our place, you're not part of the family but you will gain the family, the true family of God, they will stay by you and they will fight with you, you will read in my book stories about so many people from Romania and from outside of Romania, you know Congressman Frank Wolf, Christopher Smith, Secretary of State, Ronald Reagan that I didn't know, you know did I tell you the story about the fact that Ronald Reagan told me that God told him to pick up the phone and call the dictator? That's huh. that's the way God God works. There's a little detail. A, a little, a little <laughs> detail. I I am a child of God like you. So be encouraged by the story Oh. I'm not the hero God is the hero of my story And he wrote the story in my life Long long before I scribed it in my book And he's still working on mine And he wants to work on you And he is so in love with you So let's get to work with God
2: Virginia, you need more passion <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome Thank you for spending time with me And with the listeners I so appreciate it Thank you for your life Thanks for staying faithful
1: Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share God's stories my, in my life. And thank you for so many years that your organization and your ministry invested and is still invested in Christians, encouraging them to be faithful to God.
2: It's all the Lord's, right? Yes. Yes.
0: What a conversation these past couple of days on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly uh, talking to Virginia Prodan. And Jim, there are so many practical takeaways for
2: us today as believers. Absolutely. I mean, she reminds me of Corrie Tim Boom, who went through a concentration camp and was persecuted for her faith, and then forgiving her persecutors. It's a little different story than this one, but there are some parallels. Virginia had to rely on God's strength to face the trials she's been through, and the joy of the Lord really shines bright in her, and her story is a great reminder uh, today of how much... God really loves us. If you've been inspired by this broadcast, you will love reading Virginia's book, Saving My Assassin. We're getting close to the end of the year, and as I think about the impact that Focus is having through the radio programs and podcasts, counseling, Adventures and Odyssey for Kids, parenting and marriage help... I am reminded of all the good things God has done for over 45 years through Focus on the Family. And I would want to ask you to join us to impact even more people for Christ. There are people who utilize resources from Focus every day, But maybe they haven't supported us financially. Will you step in the gap and help us cover those expenses to help others? We're so grateful that you're listening and getting the help you need. Um, That's why we're here, of course. But the truth is, less than 1% of the listeners and viewers engage with us financially. Would you preferably consider making today the day that you donate to help us further the ministry of changing lives for Christ? Uh, With the gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Virginia's great book, Saving My Assassin. And to make your gift go even further, some generous friends of Focus have offered to double your donation today. So if you give $25, they'll match it, and it'll be $50. It's that simple. And I want to say thank you in advance for helping families through Focus. Yeah, get in touch
0: today to partner with us and get the book when you call 800, the letter A and the word family, 800-232-6459 or you can stop by focusonthefamily.com slash broadcast to donate. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we once more help you and your family thrive in Christ. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan,